Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. We have a great sermon and service today out of the Torah study number 47 in Deuteronomy chapter 11 through 16. Uh, and uh, today we're going to talk about breaking family curses. That's a big theme in today's study. Uh, How many of you know that many times what we need to do in our lives is kill the weeds that are trying to choke out our harvest, right? And, uh, And so... Uh, as we get into that in just a moment, let me preface all of that by talking a little bit and reminding us this is the first of 40 days of the shofar on God's divine calendar. When, when I was in Bible school, we didn't even know God had a Bible. Uh, all the, the, the great stu- uh, uh, teachers in our college didn't even know God had a divine calendar. So I didn't know as a student, and thank God that in these last days we're learning about these things Uh, and so we're entering into these 40 days of uh, what's called Elul and the 10 days of awe I'll explain this in just a bit Uh, but when when I first got saved uh, I needed a new way of living how many of you needed a new life divine right you just didn't need a band-aid yeah, you needed, uh, you needed a major engine overhaul that would get you good to go for the next 100,000 miles. And, uh, and so in studying Elul and thinking back on uh, the early days of being a Christian for me, for Lydia, uh, f- about 40 years ago, I think 30, 39 uh, 38 years ago, whatever it is, too, too far back to count. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, was reading a blog and it really caught my attention and helped me to kind of summarize where we're at on God's calendar and what God's calling us to do during these 40 days. And in this blog, this guy, uh, was recounting a story of a friend of his and his friend once uh, said that his training as a triathlete uh, changed for the better when his attitude changed from practicing for a triathlon to deciding that he was a triathlete. So he went from, I'm practicing for a triathlon to, I am a triathlete. And so uh, when I saw that, it, it, it uh, spoke to me, because obviously there's a difference in attempting a triathlon, something that I would never ever do, <laughs> and becoming a triathlete. Uh, and uh, in this story, everything changed when his attitude and perspective changed, uh, because uh, it changed his level of commitment. How he viewed himself. 
the ongoing decisions that he was going to have to make on a continual basis, the sacrifices he was going to have to make, the investment of time and energy, uh, of money, deciding whether to quit or keep on going, uh, all of that was wrapped up in this mindset, am I just practicing for a triathlon or am I a triathlete? Amen. And so uh, there's uh, a connection to that in being a Christian. Okay? Uh, and we're not just acting like Christians on Sunday morning. Amen. We really are Christians. <laughs> we really did get born again. Uh, and part of that decision meant that it was going to mean something more than just going to church for an hour once a week. Amen. It was more than just a cute, nice religious moment. Oh, I got born again. Isn't that cute? Isn't that nice? No, we actually decided when we came in our own way to the altar call that I am rejecting and renouncing the old life. I'm taking on a whole new worldview. I have a whole new set of values and principles that I'm going to begin to incorporate in my life. I'm surrendering myself. I'm throwing myself on the mercy of heaven's court to transform my life from what I I used to be into everything God says I can be. Amen. Amen. And so now as citizens of heaven, we're not citizens of the world anymore. And we're not just practicing being a Christian, although that's part of it. We really are Christians. We really are Christ-like people that desire to become more like Jesus Christ. And if you agree with that this morning, say amen. And so this kind of ties into today's lesson because the enemy wants to choke out everything God wants to do in your life. And a lot of the challenges that believers have in believing, in moving forward, is because there's still weeds growing in your garden. And you want the blessing, but you haven't first killed the weeds that'll come and choke out the harvest. And this is what this 40-day season of Elul and the 10 days of awe is on God's calendar. Uh, right now, today, is the official start of the fall biblical holiday season. How many of you know God has Bible holidays? We know more about Halloween than we know about Rosh Hashanah, right? And uh, nothing wrong with celebrating secular holidays, but why not understand biblical holidays? There's a lot more power in celebrating Rosh Hashanah than Halloween. Even if you call it uh, Holy Ween. <laughs> or whatever we call it on that day when we have trunk or treat. Uh, but anyways, so right now, these 40 days include... Uh, the 30 days of the Hebrew month of Elul, which starts today. 
And then ten days of awe, which is Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. Uh, and it's also known as the Feast of Trumpets uh, or the Feast of Shofars. And then it culminates ten days later with Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And on God's uh, calendar, these 40 days, uh, the main theme is the theme of Teshuvah, the Hebrew word Teshuvah. Say Teshuvah. I'm teaching us Hebrew here. Teshuvah. That means to return. That means to repent. Return and repent. 40 days of returning and repenting. Amen? And uh, the key symbol... For the 40 days is the shofar, God's trumpet. And this is where, how many of you grew up uh, many, many moons ago? Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. We didn't know the trumpet. We thought the trumpet was Al Hurt. <laughs> Louis Armstrong's trumpet. And look, there are trumpets that were made out of silver. But it's really the ram's horn. And uh, by extension, uh, the kudu horn, the Yemenite uh, shofar. And these are God's trumpets. And for 40 days during the season of Teshuvah, uh, God is blowing the shofar, sounding an alarm to wake us up as believers. So that we, if we've gotten out of sync, with the Lord, if our priorities have shifted and suddenly uh, God is like Avis, number two, <laughs> uh, and something else is on the throne, the shofar awakens us from our spiritual slumber and uh, causes us in our heart, in our spirit, in our soul to realize, yikes, <laughs> that ain't a good place to be. When something else is on the throne of our heart instead of the Lord. And so every shofar blast uh, is meant to wake us up and cause each of us to review our priorities. How are we doing spiritually? Right? Are we advancing and improving and accomplishing more this year than we did last year. Amen. And uh, as we do that, uh, as we make the world a better place, we make our families, we make ourselves, we make uh, all that we're setting our hands to do a little bit better this year. Uh, that's a good thing. Amen. Progress is a good thing. Growing and changing in the kingdom is a good thing, not something to avoid. And so for 40 days, the trumpet blows, and the alarm is sounding. It's a wake-up call, because uh, in addition to, you know, what we've already... There's also, this is a season of reward. And God wants to, one day the trumpet will sound, and we'll receive our eternal reward. First Thessalonians 4. When the last trump sounds, the dead in Christ, and then we will uh, rise and we'll all meet the Lord in the air. That's, that's a rapture scripture, a catching away scripture. 
and it's launched through the blowing of the shofar. And one day, eternally, that'll happen, and you'll never lose that reward. There's nothing that'll ever happen at that point where you could ever lose eternity with the Lord. But if the Lord doesn't come, and this year we don't hear the last trump, the trumpet still sounds, the shofar still blows, and there's still our rewards. And the rewards are based on... Uh, the things that we've been doing. Yeah? When it's all said and done, hopefully there's more done than said. Because you're not, you're not judged based on what your intentions were. You're judged based on what your actions are. You're rewarded based on your actions, your deeds. And so, uh, this is a season to return to doing good deeds. Get more seed in the ground, and, uh, and God will see to it that you'll be abundantly blessed. Who likes the sounds of that? Yep. Amen. So why did God choose 40 days? Why not 30 days or 37 or 55 or whatever the number is because throughout the bible 40 uh is connected to the idea of cleansing noah uh, and the flood symbolic of bad how many days did it rain 40 Purification is part of the symbolic meaning of the number 40. So during these 40 days, during the blowing of the shofar, spiritually God is saying, let me help you cleanse yourself, purify yourself, and rededicate yourself so when the rewards are handed out, you're not in that line. Okay, who did nothing? That line. Who was about their father's business? Get in this line. Who wants to be in the good line? So there's, when you blow the shofar in, uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters speak a blessing. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives us the commandment to hear the voice of the shofar. Notice it doesn't say who gave us the commandment to blow the shofar. But it says to hear the voice of the shofar. So it's more than hearing with our physical ears. Uh, it's a hearing with our spiritual ears. God wants each of us to develop an area in our lives of spiritual sensitivity and spiritual discernment so that we can see ourselves in the, the mirror of the gospel and realize what manner of man or woman am I becoming. Yeah? Is that okay? It's not meant to frighten us. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so right now, today, day one of 40 days. And so, may God give us sensitive ears to hear, uh, great spiritual vision to see the purposes and plans of God so that they become more important than another purchase on Amazon Prime! <laughs> Which, okay, Amazon, there's nothing wrong with that. 
<clears throat> but if that's like the big thing, uh, then it needs to change. God is the big thing. Right? So Elul intersects with today's Torah study, uh, and, to, uh, and it begins in Deuteronomy 11. And in verse 26, let me read this. This is from the Hebrew Bible. See, the very first word is see. Give me vision. Give me eyes to see. Help me to see beyond the natural. Help me to see the plan and purpose of God in my life and how things are working well and how things may need to improve. The truth hurts. <laughs> Sometimes it does. When you open your eyes and the Holy Spirit helps you to open your eyes and you say, yikey, shnikey. I haven't been about my father's business. I got all my time and talent and treasury going to the world, and God gets the leftovers. Wrong priorities. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm. You don't want to have that kind of out-of-order priority system, do you? So see, I am setting before you today a blessing... And a curse. The blessing, if you heed my commandments that I am giving you today, and the curse, if you do not heed the commandments of the Lord your God, but stray from them. All right. So this intersection of uh, today's Torah study and this 40-day season is connected by the shofar. Blow the trumpet in, Zion, Zion! Sound the alarm so anybody will wake up from their spiritual slumber and realize, oh my God, I've strayed from the teachings of God, from His priorities. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Jesus said. And then the blessing will follow. And so here at New Beginnings, we always give you a healthy dose of the teaching on the blessing. Okay? But there's the other side of the coin. And you just happen to be here on a day where we're discussing the other side of the coin. So, ushers, lock the doors. <laughs> the fire marshal's given us a 40-minute reprieve. But see, uh, this is, uh, uh, it's good for us because it's important that we understand how curses can affect your life and are vital understanding how they work and how to get vital to your success. And why is that? Because everybody wants a harvest. And people are at different levels of what harvest is coming in spiritually, financially, and so forth. But sometimes you need to kill the weeds that come to choke out your harvest. And this is why many Christians get flustered. Why am I not advancing into the abundant life that New Beginnings keeps talking about? It's in the Bible. God said it. That should settle it. But see, the devil doesn't play by God's rules. 
The devil doesn't heed the commandments and principles and standards of God. He's an unfair fighter, right? He fights dirty, and he's trying to use circumstances and situations, behavior and conduct that has manifested in our lives, especially before Christ, to choke out the harvest. So understanding what's going on isn't a bad thing. It's not meant to be condemning or in some way I feel bad about my... No, 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 no. Feel good. That the truth you know will what? It's not the truth that will set you free. It's the truth you know and understand and as uh, soap, (laughs) the truth you apply that will set you free. All right, are we okay then? Okay, ushers, you can unlock the doors. <laughs> Curses come from sinful living. Amen. Curses come from disobeying and ignoring the principles of God. Amen. Uh, if left unchecked, they form strongholds. And another word for choking is stranglehold. Some people, good, godly, Christian people, still feel like there's more breakthrough. And the reason is, is because, and you may not be able to identify, is there's a stranglehold in a certain area of your life that can be traced back to something that we call family curses. Right? These curses manifest... In the form of bad habits. Some are worse than others. Some are really damaging behaviors that destroy your destiny. And they repeat themselves over and over and over again. It's like the Dave Clark Five. Over and over and over again. You don't know the Dave Clark Five? (laughs) They were a band with the... So, family curses, bad habits, destructive behaviors, damaging behaviors, cause you to conform your way to the world, not to the ways of Christ. They they cause you to conform yourself to the ways of sin, not to the ways of holiness and righteousness. It's the, it conforms you not to the ways of Christ, but to the ways of the adversary. And sometimes it happens and you don't even realize it. Why does it? Paul said this in Romans 7. The things that I do, I don't want to do. And yet the things that I know I should be doing, I don't end up doing. He's talking about things that are lodged in a person's spirit, in a person's flesh, that are driving them against the will of God, even as believers. Yeah, And so God is saying, look, I have a plan, I have a method, there's a, there's a prayer and a process to set you free, but you need to, number one, just recognize, yeah, there's weeds here. And not everything is like, not like you're out shooting heroin and robbing banks, right? Right? 
But whatever those attitudes are, the behaviors, you, the Holy Spirit will tell us. He'll convict us of the sin. That's not condemnation. It's like, there's a better way, Scott. There's a better way, child of God. And if you can sort through the differences and allow me to help you, the power of my word to help you, the power of prayer to help you, all of a sudden, you'll shed that thing. And you'll feel better. <laughs> I want to feel better, Pastor Scott. Well, here's, here's part of that. Okay? In Isaiah, the prophet says, Isaiah 53, 5, that the Messiah was wounded for our transgressions and was bruised for our iniquities. Two things. Transgressions. And iniquities. Transgressions are the sins. But notice there's also iniquities. What's the difference here? The difference is iniquities are the curses, the consequences, the penalties, the outcome of the sin. Do you see that? And so uh, one of the consequences of sin, the iniquity that comes with the sin is all of a sudden you begin to conform yourself to the wrong attitudes, the wrong behavior, and the wrong conduct. Even as a believer, that can happen. And as we said, over time, these things uh, form strongholds that strangle out, choke out the harvest. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that these bad things keep repeating themselves. Notice in your life and in your family history, is there a family history of this kind of thing again and again? It could be anger, it could be violence, it could be addiction, it could be depression, it could be a sickness, it could be illegitimacy, it could be divorce and poverty and failure. If you look back through your, and you all of a sudden, the whole, you know what? That's spirit of failure keeps coming up in every generation in the name and by the blood and through the authority of the word of God I identify this thing I break its power in my life and in my family I apply the power of the seven places that Jesus shed his blood and I declare freedom and liberty in Jesus name right Right, spiritual warfare. Okay, the first time the word iniquity is used is uh, in uh, and in conjunction with generational curses is Exodus twenty verse five when the Lord is giving the Ten Commandments to Israel at Mount Sinai, and He said that uh, if you worship false gods, if you have other gods before me, that sin will pass down into future generations. Okay, so there you have it. That iniquity will pass down into the family. When you elevate, it, this is the source cause, of course, of any. If you elevate anything above God in your life, you automatically open the door for uh, enemy spirits, evil spirits to come in and manipulate things in your life. And so, 
the number one source is putting something else above God. And so this iniquity becomes a spiritual force. Just like faith is a force, and love is a force, and joy and peace are spiritual forces that God gives us, uh, there are negatives to that, the counter to that. And these forces work in our lives if we don't recognize them and rebuke them, renounce them. They lodge in our human nature, the Adamic nature. And it causes you to do things that you don't want to do. You know that's not right to do. And we do it anyways. And so we need to get in there and start. Have you ever weeded a garden? Yeah, you get out your little spiritual de-weeder. You get out your roundup, your whatever you got. And you begin to uh, uh, oppose and combat those things. So, a spiritual iniquity, a family curse, could be in your life because of a decision or ultimately a series of decisions that you've made. Bad decisions, right? You can't keep making bad decisions and have a wonderful outcome, right? And a lot of times we're on autopilot. We, we are living in perpetual George McFly mode. McFly, hello! And we, don't, we come to church and we do this, and we, but it just kind of, uh, I'm rubber, the Spirit of God is glue, bounces off me and sticks on you. You know? Where's the transformation, Right? So there's that. It could be something that has affected you because of something negative and harmful a member of your family or somebody else either did to you or spoke over you. Hurt people hurt people. And it passes on. Okay? Or it could be something that landed on you from the past. It could skip a generation. You're just like your grandma. Right? You're, you, you know, have you, who's ever heard talk like, you're just like your dad, you're just like your grandpa, you're just like your grandma. And you're replicating things in your life that were already done in a past uh, family member, and it's reproducing itself in you, and you don't even know it. Maybe sometimes you wonder, why does this stuff, why does everything that happened to great-grandma keep happening to me? Because that family curse, that spirit, spiritual spirit of iniquity has landed on you through no fault of your own. Because no one ever rose up with this revelation and said, enough is enough. I'm not going to walk in sickness. I'm not going to walk in poverty. I'm not going to be dilapidated. I'm not going to let the devil destroy my destiny, my grandson's destiny. In the name and by the blood of Jesus, I break that family curse and I loosen the power and promises of God. Are we talking? Now we're talking. So think about what drives you 
and causes you to have certain philosophies and opinions and behaviors. And at the end of it all, it's still vexing. You thought it was going to bring you pleasure. But it vexes you. And it always ends up taking you places you don't want to go. Spiritual weeds that choke the harvest. They need to be killed. Now, I'm going to do something very dangerous. Read the Bible. Galatians is one place in the Bible where God makes a list. And in Galatians 5, verse 19... He's talking about this war between your spiritual nature and your human nature. And he gives this list of what's lodged in your human nature uh, so that, you know, you can kind of do multiple choice. No, this one doesn't apply, but this one does. And when you decide what thing is in our family that needs to be prayed against, rebuked, renounced, and repented of, and broken. Identify that thing. God doesn't want you to identify so you walk around feeling bad about it. He wants you set free from it. So the list, this is the Passion Translation, sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way. Yeah, including driving. (laughs) Senseless arguments. Resentment when others are favored. Temper tantrums. Angry quarrels. Only thinking of yourself. Being in love with your own opinions. Being envious of the blessing of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Oh my gosh, what a list. And there's other lists like this throughout the New Testament. The common denominator uh, is that they're all rooted in disobedience to the Lord, to His Word, to His standards and principles. Why do all these bad things keep happening? Probably you can trace it all the way back to family history. When you go to the doctor, what do they fill out the form? Is there any family history of this, that, or the other thing? That's in the physical, but it's also in the spiritual. So whatever ungodly traits and habits that you end up with the help of the Spirit of God to trace. You're tracing it back for a reason. Ancestry.com is for a reason. Not so you can feel bad about yourself and miserable, but so you can identify that thing and get it the heck out of my life. (laughs) And this is what learning the Word of God is all about. That's why the devil has a field day with Christians, because not every church teaches anything. You've been to church for ten years. What did you learn? Nothing. You learned that someone was in, had a birthday, someone was in the hospital, and an oratory of these and thous that made no sense. And it never made its way from his sermon into my life. But the power of God wants to flow. 
And you're here early because you want it to flow. You want the Spirit of the living God to flow in your life. That's what being a Christian and going to church is all about. To get that spiritual momentum built up so that all of a sudden sickness decreases instead of... Next time you go to the doctor, instead of getting... You're getting worse. How about you're getting better? How, well, how can that happen? Because the Word of God is life to your flesh. Right? And on and on and on. How does that work? Uh, Jesus said a man gets up, he sowed his seed, he's watching, but he doesn't understand how does this thing grow? But eventually it produces a harvest. Some people are on the right side of that, others are on the wrong side of that. But notice what it says in Luke 4.18. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Anybody know what good news to the poor is? That there's a pathway out of poverty. (laughs) And it's not contingent on another check from the government. (laughs) it's contingent on us heeding and hearing the words of God following His divine principles for economics and making sure that we're not trusting in Washington. We're not one people under government. We're one people under God. All right. He sent me to announce release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. That's physical healing and opening our spiritual eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, so that I can see things the way they really are and not be living in the matrix. Had to see the movie. And finally, to set free those who are oppressed and downtrodden and bruised and crushed by tragedy. That's from the Amplified. And so the Spirit of the Lord wants to anoint us all and work in us with His power, His anointing, to break every yoke of bondage that's blocking the blessings and promises of God. And it's warfare. It just takes time. It's not like abracadabra time. It's like you got to really roll up your sleeves, get into the Word, work 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 the Word. Word, work the word, work the word. Well, what if, what if I do it for five days in a row and the word doesn't work? Work the word, work the word, work the word. Because when your word level is high, what comes by hearing? Faith. And the spirit of faith is a shield of faith that quenches every fiery dart of the enemy. Every. Now we, you know, may not be at that point where every is manifesting all the time. But we're on that track. That's our goal. That I am going to walk at such a level that the Word of God is manifesting. The promises of God are manifesting more than just whatever. Your life is more than the roll of a dice. Well, I was born in a certain neighborhood. 
I didn't have this type of education or this type. All of that can change in one decision. I am not just practicing for a triathlon. I have become a triathlete. And I am going to work the rest of my life and do what triathletes do, not moan or complain or wonder, no, I'm going for this. I'm all in. For those of you that have been to Windstar, (laughs) I'm all in. Oh, I just saw it on TV. This is how you generate the power, the anointing, right? Another aspect of this is that curses that come with all these behaviors we just went through in Galatians, uh, is if you want the curse reversed, you need to confront it. And you need to repent of some things, even if it wasn't your fault. Lord, I don't understand how all of this bizarre stuff happened in my family, but on behalf of my family, I repent of all of this in the name of Jesus. Wash my family history. Wash all of my extended family, all of my sisters and brothers and nieces and nephews and cousins and aunts and uncles and anyone that had any kind of affiliation. I loosen blood-bought power, healing power, repenting power, so that this curse doesn't pass on, it stops now. And if anything passes on, it's the generational blessing. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults so that you may be healed. It's not your fault that you have faults. Some, some is. Some, some of it's your fault. But some of the stuff just happened down your family tree and it landed on you and you're just lodging and you why do I keep feeling this way? Confess that. Amen. Confess your faults. Uh, if you look at the, that word fault, fault, who's ever heard of an earthquake fault? There's things that lie beneath the surface in your personality that no one sees on Sunday. And if the uh, emotional conditions, the financial conditions, this happens just right, all of a sudden whatever happens to trigger an earthquake and suddenly that fault erupts and there, oh my gosh, where'd that come from? It was always behind, hidden behind the surface. And God gives us the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. You're in praise and worship. You're in your prayer time. You're driving down the road, praying in tongues, singing uh, in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, God drops something in you. You know what? Blah, 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 this or that, yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden, you realize, that's the thing that's blocking my blessing. Boom. And in that moment of repentance and confession... God doesn't make you do that. I want you to stand up in front of 700 people today and confess your faults in front of everybody. No, 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 no. Don't be a, I know churches that make people do that. I, no, if, if I'm in that church, I'm going to be like Snagglepuss. (laughs) I'm out of here. No, that's between you and the Lord. Now, you may need to make amends with somebody. 
this, that, or the other thing. But really, uh, it's, it's between you and God, and you confess it before the Lord. You rebuke the devil as part of your prayer. You're repenting that this thing, I break the power of this thing in my life. Devil, I bind and rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm going forward without that thing as a yoke around my neck, an albatross around my neck. I'm going to live the set free life. I'm going to walk in freedom and liberty. I'm going to live in freedom and liberty. That includes poverty. That includes sinfulness. That includes any kind of... Uh, of negative attitude or behavior that's come against me and my family. I'm set free of that today and every day from this day forward in Jesus' name. Right? As the prophet on the uh, radio said, this is how we do it. Now look, none of us are walking on water. We're all in various stages of repair. And this is why God says, don't be in the fault-finding ministry. People are working through stuff. You don't know how far they've come, what they've had to work through. And so the last thing in the world we need to be is people that carry a bag of rocks. And when we're just uh, like, we're going to do our own Christian cancel culture and just... You unrighteous, unclean heathen. Slow your roll on that, please. But hiding our faults and making excuses doesn't work either. Not a very good option. Proverbs 28.13 says, If you hide your sins, you'll not succeed. If you confess and reject them, you'll receive mercy. That's what we're gunning for. I confess, and I reject, and I receive mercy. That's what we're gunning for. So praise God for the Holy Ghost. Praise God for the Word of God. That uh, they point out things, not to make us feel bad, but to set us free. All right? And that's why God gives us 40 days of the shofar. It's the season of repent and return. The Lord is sounding the alarm, waking us up. There's possibilities out there for you. There's opportunities out there for you. But if there's weeds that are choking those things out and they won't manifest it unless you get rid of those things, and one simple prayer today can be a life-changing decision, and you can leave and go home knowing I've been set free by the love of God and the power of God. And I got my little grandson here. You know, I, I don't want things to pass down to him. And it's not just on our side of the family. What's coming from the other side of the family? How many of you don't have in-laws, you have outlaws? <laughs> right? Yeah, well, let's figure a little of that out, and you don't have to go on Thanksgiving Day, and okay, we're going to have turkey dinner, and I'm calling you out! We want to, 
Oh, I want, I'm like uh, uh, Ralph Cramden. To the moon, Alice, to the moon. <laughs> Amen. Who wants to be set free? Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. And we're going to be free and we're going to pass on that freedom and all those blessings to our family, our children, our grandchildren. And let's get everybody infected with the blessing of God. Amen. Amen. Can I close in prayer? Just bow your hearts. Pray in the Holy Ghost wherever you're at. Father, we give you praise and thanks for all your grace and goodness and mercy. We thank you for this revelation on breaking family curses. We know that you love us, you favor us, you want to bless us abundantly. But we know also, Father, that there's certain things that are uh, choking out our harvest and blocking the blessing. So right now we're asking you by the power of the Word, the power of the Spirit, to come in and set us free from any destructive force that's damaging our destiny and blocking our blessing. Father, we acknowledge our sins, we repent of our sins, we confess our sins and the sins of our family. Whatever might have landed on us through no fault of our own, we bind that and rebuke that in our lives too. And whatever might be passed down from family member to family member, we rebuke the devil, we rebuke family curses, we renounce them in our lives and release the power of the living. God, the power of every blood-bought promise, the power of joy and peace and health and healing, prosperity and favor and blessing and vision and success, all these various things we release into our lives today, and it helps us to get past all the disappointments, all the hurts, all the bitterness, all the hatred, whatever unforgiveness we have we shed it now and we just pledge to walk in these 40 days and beyond with all that love and joy and kindness thank you lord for what you've done in me today and what you're going to do in the days to come in the name of jesus